Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton and I'm thrilled that you're here. In today's episode, I have my friend Rihanna Downey back. This is the second half of a conversation that I had with her. In this part of the conversation, I wanted to explore her testimony and her story about being involved in the New Age and the things that were enticing and the things that she got drawn into and really the bondage and darkness that that led to and then her subsequent freedom from those things. I think this is a powerful and important conversation to have because there's a lot of Christians without a strong foundation that are getting kind of wooed into some of these areas because they're hungry for something spiritual, but it's a counterfeit. It is a form of godliness, but denying the power of who Jesus is and what God's word says. Before we jump in, I just want to let you know that this episode, like many of my episodes in this season, were recorded before the pandemic started. So I know we're in a crazy time right now, and I just want to remind you of a couple of things that might be encouraging to you. I have three dwell episodes, which are guided scripture meditations, which are designed to really give you space to encounter God's presence and hear His voice. If you haven't been familiar with the podcast in season one, episodes three and six, and here in season two, episode three, are all guided scripture meditations that you can use to just get away, be alone with the Lord, hear His voice, receive peace and His presence and comfort in this time. So I hope that you take a moment and enjoy those. Well, sit back, relax, and I hope that you enjoy this episode of the Sacred Space Podcast. I would love for you, we had a a conversation the other night and we were talking about the new age and a lot of um, just kind of slippery slopes that are out there. And there's nothing really new under the sun. It's Mm -hmm. something that's always been there. But I I have been seeing a lot of believers who either end up isolated from spiritual community, so they don't have some, you know, stability in in community to help kind of keep them balanced, or they just don't have a foundation in the truth enough to understand that these things are dangerous. And um, I've had Christians who, you know, oh, well, the occult is this, it's witchcraft over here, but oh, new age is no, no, this over here is fine, you know, and it's, and I'm not trying to pour it out all this fear or anything like that at all. To the contrary, I just, we need to be wise. Mm -hmm. And I think um, one of the things that's so fascinating because it's interesting in in the Christian world, people can get so fearful. We had another conversation that was another episode where we were talking about um, your vision board night. Oh, is that new age? You know, and so <laughs> yeah. so so there, there's fear with language. Like um, the word meditation oh, yeah. has been hijacked by the new age movement. You know, no meditation is biblical. Well, well, and yeah, and even I had a friend who <laughs> was asked if she could change her word meditation to prayer prayerful reflection by a church. And yeah. I told her, I said, you don't change that because the Bible didn't change that when they use the word meditation. Like why, 
you know, why are we adjusting ourselves? Yeah. Because of fear. Right. And so there's just semantics just go haywire Mm -hmm. and things. But the reality is all of that is counterfeit. All of that is just hijacking things that a lot of times were biblical and then, and then distorting them and turning them into something that isn't and something that's tied into a power other than the Holy Spirit, tied into something other than God. So I would love for you to share your story because I think it's an important thing. I've seen you know, Christians, you know, on their Instagram stories, like with tarot cards and stuff. And you're just like, guys, I know (laughs) guys, I I think that, I think the foundational thing, the very first thing to get out of the way, and this is hard because there's actually a whole segment of Christianity that is starting to not believe this anymore, but that number one, not always lead to the truth. Yeah. So this is foundational for the Christian because yes. when we confess Christ, we say that that's the only way. Yes. This is, and this has become offensive to some Christians. Yeah, It's not that we don't have a space to hold for people on journeys or, yes. um, or, or people's right to believe what they want to believe. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. But as a Christian, you foundationally believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the, the only truth. way to the Father is yeah. through Him. The way, the truth, and, and the life. life. That's yeah. it, right? And so... Um, this is where uh, it becomes uh, Christ becomes an offense. Yeah, this is where it's it's a real thing. Yeah, and this is where we figure out if we have a backbone in faith or not. Yeah, and good. I've watched a lot of people. Um, it's okay to question it. A lot of people have journeys. I'm all for the patience of the journey and to be patient and all that. But that doesn't mean that I adjust my truth. Yeah, for it's that it's good. I. Um, and so my my experience was um, I got saved through worship, actually, at a Christian school. So funny. It wasn't through the preaching of the gospel or anything like that. It was yeah. I felt the Holy Spirit um, through music. Yeah, very, so did I. Very true to a musician, right? Yeah. So did I, 12 I years like, old. That's, yeah. that's real. What's happening? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and it, it was very life-changing. And then um, as I kind of... My parents um, weren't believers, still are not like Christians. They, they just won't... They just won't say Jesus is the only way, yeah. bottom line. Um, and I, I kind of grew up in this situation where there was a lot of New Age stuff that I was given and introduced to that was always in the home. Um, and uh, so when I became a teenager, I, I had a, like a really um, unstable... Honestly, I had an unstable childhood, and teenagers were real unstable. And um, so I moved out on my own. I can't remember when I started to to dabble in it, but I'd always had that stuff around. Like I think I was given my first set of rune stones, you know, by by my family, and I had uh, ru- rune stones. Is what like, are those? <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's, it's, it's basically, it's like tarot. It's like okay. these like etchings that you lay out in different, um, kind of form formations. And then, and then you ask questions to the quote unquote universe, and then you gain these, um, insights. And, and here's the thing. So I was in, and I would go to psychics and I would, you know, all this stuff is very enticing and interesting. Yeah. It's interesting for a reason because yeah. there is yeah. an actual power to it. I mean, I, I would be lying if I told you, if you went to a psychic right now, like somebody who really was gifted, like legit, yeah. That you'd probably get some information on your life that you did not yeah. otherwise have. That doesn't mean that's information that you actually needed or that God yeah. didn't, you know. Um, and so, but but it, I didn't realize 
the difference. I just kind of, I thought spirituality was this overarching thing. And then, and then me being a people pleaser, to be honest, I never really wanted to take a side about yeah. certain things that were hard. Mm, it's good. Um, and so I just kind of adopted that, uh, especially like in my late teen years, adopted the idea that like that all paths are fine. Yeah. You know, spirituality is spirituality. Yeah. But what happened was I had this instance, my life was pretty, getting pretty messy. And, um, I was going to psychics to try to figure things out. And, um, I had been given this contract to be a, a phone psychic. Now you can laugh all you want, but it was real. It was really happening. I had I had a contract to do it. I can't even remember how I came into contact with that contract. But the other thing too is I had gone into this really. I would gone into this bookstore without understanding what I was asking at all because I thought the occult. I was like looking for something on astrology. I was really into astrology, and I had asked, um, "Hey, do you have a do you have any books on the on the occult?" And this guy like opened this back room and he's like, "Shh, come here, I'll take you." And it was super creepy and weird. And I was like, "Okay, all right." And he takes me in and <clears throat> I found this book on the shelf, and I, and I was like intrigued by it and I picked it up. Um, and then if you're, if you're in the new age, you know, you're, you'll always be told, well, that was attracting itself yeah. to you. It shows you or it, this yeah, inanimate object is, is this law of attraction thing. So I picked it up. It was called a book called the Necronomicon, <clears throat> pardon me, which was like a book of spells on the outside of it. It even had a disclaimer. Like if you start to lose your mind, we're not held responsible. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, and I actually started to have, as I tried to understand this book, and it really, it was like weird angles and things that made no sense. I started to feel unstable. It started mm-hmm. to actually happen to me. And um, I, I had one friend in my life who to this day is still one of my best friends. And I went to her and I was like, I don't even know why I felt like talking to her about it. But I, something in me was like, hey, I've, I've got this contract and I've got these... Um, things in this book. And I've been told that if I try to throw it away, it's going to come back and be a burning on my doorstep. Literally, I was told if I try to throw the Necronomicon away, it will come back again and again, and you will never be able to get rid of it. Yeah. Crazy. Fear-based stuff. Yeah, totally. Make a long story longer. <clears throat> so I ended up, um, uh, she said, we need to go pray right now. And I was like, okay, what's the, you know, big deal. But she, she really insisted on it. So we went back to my apartment and put everything in the middle of the room and of the floor. And as they were praying over me, it was me, my good friend, and this other friend of mine. Um, I remember thinking in my heart, like, okay, God, you know, I've, I've willingly put this stuff on the floor, all my stuff. And, um, but I just don't know what to say. Like, I don't know how to pray. Yeah. So um, I was like, you're going to have to do it. Yeah. And as it, as, as it came time for me to pray, the Holy Spirit literally started praying through me. Hmm. It wasn't even me. Yeah. It was crazy. And it was this um, prayer of rebuke. And at some point, I couldn't, um, I couldn't even, like, get the words out anymore. And I started, like, just crying, hyperventilating, and I could feel... I could feel myself getting delivered, literally getting delivered of something. And I could see it. Um, I could, I, the room, my eyes were closed, but again, it's one of those supernatural things. The room filled with supernatural light. I could feel it. 
I could feel God was doing something and I was, and I could feel that something was leaving me. Now, do I believe I was possessed? Absolutely not. I was not possessed by a demon, Mm -hmm. but there was an oppression over my life. Yeah. And there was definitely a demonic attachment that was leaving my body. Yes. Or I could feel like a physical thing happening to me. Yeah. And let's just um, stop right there for a second because I, I, there is so much confusion in the church about that. And the Bible is very clear about truth. And the Bible is also very clear about the things that we align ourselves with and um, make agreements, make with. agreements with. Yes, exactly. And so actually the, the Old Testament in Israel, it's all a, a demonstration. And that was literal, uh, a literal nation that would align itself and make agreements with enemies. Right. right. And then in the same way, it's a, it's a spiritual truth with us when we come into agreement and align our hearts and our minds with something contrary to God, contrary to truth, then we've given it permission. We've given it access. We've given it permission to take up residence. Right. So um, when the Bible talks about strongholds, when it talks about, um, I've given you authority to tramp, tear down every stronghold and high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Ooh, yeah. That's taking every one. thought captive, right? So that's that's what we're talking about. We've When I have opened a door, so I've decided to entertain tarot cards or new age or astrology or like now I've opened a door. I've, I've invited, essentially invited someone into my home and now they're squatting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and the thing too, is I think that one of the arguments against this is people are like, <clears throat> you should be able to do whatever you want and don't let Christians like, like fear monger you into not, you know, however, this is one of the ways I felt people kind of get steered into it and be like, well, no, I'm going to try this because why not? And then yeah. they see some form of truth, but what they don't understand is that it's a counterfeit. Yeah. It's and, good. and I, and I'll say that, um, one of the sweet things God has done for me is redeem every counterfeit mm, that good. came my way. And there were a lot of them. Yeah. So, you know, astrology, I remember I was really into astrology, and God has since taught me so much about the stars and how mm. he is in them mm. and what the Maserat is like that was given to the Jews to tell them about Jesus before he came. Yeah. And that's what the that's Zodiac good. is. Yes. It's, it's, there was just so much that we don't understand and we don't know. And because it's not like taught to us sometimes in church, we then gravitate. Like, for instance, the prophetic. Straight up, uh, a lot of psychics... They have a prophetic gift, and it, they're using it yeah. for evil. It's the, whether yep. they'd say it's. I remember being told there's a difference between black magic and white magic. Hmm. I believed that when I was like very pagan. Yeah, but there isn't a difference. Yeah, that's the thing that's hard. Oops. Um, and you know, I just kind of feel like for me, I really had to come to a place where I was going to believe God or not about that. Yeah. And, um, and when I said goodbye to that, I knew there was a, there was a line in the sand, like, do not cross this line. Not because, not, not to control me, you know, because actually witchcraft is based in control. Yeah. God is the opposite. Mm -hmm. So it's never to control. And anytime you do feel like a legalistic controlling spirit, you can just shut that down. That's not... That's not God. Yeah. But I yeah. I definitely knew that that I shouldn't cross that line again because it pollutes you. It like comes in and it yeah. lies to you and it whispers things. Yeah. And you just grab hold of it and then you are divided. Your heart's divided and you are conflicted. Yeah. That's good. 
And so I, I don't know, it's, it's been really hard because I have a lot of friends who are just, you know, they're, they've grown up Christian and now they're kind of touching on some of this stuff. They're kind of exploring some of this stuff mm-hmm. and I, and I watch it and I, I ha- I don't have the, the room um, I don't feel like the Holy Spirit has given me the, you know, what am I going to do? Come and be like, don't do that. But I can see, I can see it. Yeah. And I, I know what it is. Yeah. And you don't always know that if you haven't grown up in it, if you no. haven't had to be delivered of it. Yeah. If that wasn't like the world you come from, then it's intriguing. It's just intriguing. It is intriguing. And I think to, especially also if you have prophetic gifts yourself, so you're hungry for the spiritual side of things. I've actually seen a handful of people who are like that. And then they either get hurt in church or burned by the church. And so then they just, they leave the church and, but that hunger is still in them. There's that longing in them to connect to the supernatural. There's something in them that wants to feel connected spiritually. When things started to go south, their kind of foundation got rocked. Right. And so Mm. that disappointment and hurt and that offense, and I'm not saying that what happened or didn't happen wasn't horrible and painful and probably shouldn't have. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It probably is. But if you aren't in a place where then you run to Jesus with all of it, your anger, your hurt, your frustration, you, you go to him with all of that disappointment and let him meet you there. Instead, you pull away. And then you isolate. The enemy loves to oh, isolate, yeah. right? Totally. He loves to pull us away, like with Adam and Eve when, when they were away from the presence of God. You know, come over here. Now, did God really say? And he, again, going back to, we talked about this in the other podcast, that um, the enemy never tempts us to sin. He just tempts us to doubt. Once we doubt and once we start questioning, once we don't believe God is good and we don't believe that he is what he says he is, and once we start not believing what he says we are, we start... Once that doubt seeps in, then that leads us down that path of separation and isolation. And once right. we're there, then suddenly, oh, here's something that is kind of scratching that itch. Here's something that is intriguing. I don't have to now deal with God because right, I'm getting my answers elsewhere. I, you know, he, he he abandoned me or he hurt me, and now I'm getting my answers elsewhere. But the the scary thing is the bondage and the enslavement that that produces. Yeah, you don't expect it. Well, the other thing too, there's nothing wrong with questioning things. I actually Absolutely. believe that it is integral part of our walk with Jesus is to constant, I'm constantly changing pieces of my theology yeah. with God. But here's the thing, I have to be willing to be patient to let him talk to me. Yeah, that, you know, sometimes good. it takes time. Sometimes he's not ready. Sometimes he's not even talking about whatever it is I'm questioning at the moment. <laughs> it's not that he's gonna, not going to talk about it to me. He's my friend. Yeah. But sometimes he's got to deal with something else first. And we get impatient and we go, well, I didn't hear, I didn't hear from God on that. So guess God's just not going to talk to me about it and I'm going to go find it somewhere else. You yeah. know, it's our pride that pulls us into spaces where we like are going to go figure it out on our own. I, I can't say that I've ever, ever brought God something that He hasn't been faithful to give me something at least to like help me understand. I am I am one very very full of questions person. I don't just take things at face value. I'm not gonna believe it just because somebody from a pulpit is telling me. Like I am I am yeah. the person who wants to understand the Hebrew letter, and you know. I want to. Yeah. I want to know, and I'm not going to follow it because you told me I should. Because that's yeah. what I should do. Yeah. And I think that we'd all do well 
to have that kind of fire within us. Yeah. But I also fear God, and yeah. I also understand that He's He's righteous. I'm not. No. And do I good. trust Him or not? You know. I'm glad that you said that because when you were talking, I said I think that there is that huge lack of holy fear, and not yeah, it's fear. very American. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and I'm not talking of distorted fear, which is God's angry and wants to punish me. I'm talking about. God is the lover of my soul. He knows the hairs, number of hairs in my head, but he's also a holy God. Whoa. And he is like, whoa. He's yeah. Whoa. He's whoa. He's, he's John in Revelation that, you know, I saw one like the son of man with hair that is white and flames coming out of his eyes and a sword coming out of his mouth. And when I saw him, I fell as if I were dead. Yeah. Okay. Because the presence of God was Jesus was too much for him to handle. But then Jesus touched him on his back and said, don't be afraid. Yeah, because right? he's kind. So there's right? this yeah. crazy juxtaposition of this holy, heavy, intimidating, like, oh, shoot, you're God. And, I, and, and we're just living in this day and age that nobody has that, you know? Right. Well, do we want a God that doesn't have the power of the universe hmm, at his yeah. grasp? Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Or do we just want to serve an idea? Yeah, Do we just want to serve like something that serves us? Yeah. And that feels, sometimes that feels like that's the age we're in. It's all yeah. about us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I really, I feel the most fed. I actually, my husband and I just, um, Went to go see a movie. I'm going to plug something right now that is totally has nothing to do with me, but I loved so much. It just touched me down to my core. Uh, there's a movie about this man and his family. His name's Dave Eubank. And I feel terrible because now I'm forgetting the name of the movie, but um, you can just look up Dave Eubank and you'll see his movie just came out about his life and his family. But they like gave their, basically, they felt called just just go and give their lives to people in war-torn areas mm. and teach them how to fight or just sit with them when their families had gotten slaughtered or, wow. you know, just talk about like, um, and then, but the one thing I love about this man is he understands the fear of God. He knows it's not about him. Hmm, it's good. It's like such a humble place that he serves from. Yeah. And I think we'd all be better off in that place. I know I would. Yeah, I hungered for it. I watched that movie and I went, oh, I just... I just want to give my life away. Like, this is not about me. Yeah, it's good. I'd be so much more filled up because we really, what we want is connection. Yeah. That's really what we're designed for. And we're not going to connect if we're just going after our own thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I think it's important to point out too, because like I said earlier, I've had some people say, you know, oh, well, the occult's bad. Oh, but new age, this over here is... This is, this is fine, you know? Nope. And what I think is just a, a powerful example of that is that bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> that you walk in, you know, and, and, and that's very typical. There's like, you walk in and it smells good. And then there's the, you know, really soft music playing. And then there's books that are just very simple. So, and then, oh, and then there's a star astrology. And then some of them you go and, oh, wait, there's a pagan section. Oh, wait, there's an occult section. And then, oh, there's a back room. <laughs> Right. You know, and I, and I think that's kind of 
that's such an, uh, a demonstration of the journey. <laughs> yeah, know? right. I know. Right? That there's this, it's kind of disguised in, as an drug. angel of light, right? Yeah. And then, but once you kind of go farther, it's like the, um, what is it, in the Haunted Mansion, you know, those, those, those um, side portraits. Oh, yes. Like, you know, it's like a house and then you slightly turn and it's like, a, it's all Turns distorted, you know? And, um, and, you know, we're making light of it, but I, I, I think it's important. I'm not trying to be a fear monger or, you know, I'm not sitting here trying to be religious and say, no, how dare you? I'm just, we need to be wise. We need to, um, trust and believe and get to know who our God is. And he's calling us deeper. Jesus didn't save us so that, oh, phew, my sins are forgiven. I'm going to go to heaven someday. He saved us for relationship. He saved us to invite us into his kingdom. He saved us to be sons and daughters. He saved us to be seated at the right hand of the Father. He saved us for so much more than just going to a church on Sunday morning and volunteering in this thing and then going on with the rest of my life. He saved us for more. And when we choose to either disregard all that has been made accessible to us, or we choose to kind of sit with one foot in and one foot out, you know, and we want, we'd be the fence sitter and, and, um, we have an enemy who's trying to rip us off. He's not trying to bless us with something. Yeah. He's trying to steal something. Yeah, that's right. And, and distract us so we don't see and distract us. What, what's really waiting for us. Yeah. And th- that's what breaks my heart is I feel like a determination to be able to do my own thing or a determination to, like you said, kind of create a faith or a spiritual experience that fits my needs is all just a deception mm-hmm. to steal from us all of the abundance and the lavish love and presence that God is, has made available to us. And he made it available at a very exorbitant cost. Yeah. Yeah, right? right. And so, again, this isn't a statement of condemnation. This is a statement of holy fear. You know, yeah. what would it look like if we would just stop for a moment and go to him? I think that's the thing that is interesting. We alluded to it um, in the other podcast when we were talking about your pain. God can take our questions. Oh, yeah. No problem. God can take our anger. God can take our frustration. God can take all of it. He can take our offense. We should be taking it to him. Right. And allowing him to answer us. Well, the other thing too is that he may be the only one who can who can bear the weight of our pain. Mm, it's good. I don't yeah. know that anybody else can. And yeah. we go looking everywhere else. Everywhere else. Everywhere else. And yet he's the only one who can really who can really heal it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And he's safe. I think one of the biggest lies the enemy has propagated is that God is not safe. And it flabbergasts me when you look at the Old Testament, when you look at David, a man after God's own heart. Why? Why? Because he got it. But under the law, pre-cross. Yeah, right. Before he had any of... Before indwelling Holy Spirit, he understood that God was good. Right. And he also understood that like sometimes... 
um, you go in to the sanctuary and you eat the bread because you're starving. Like sometimes, mm, good. Yeah. sometimes you're not going to follow the rules perfectly. Sometimes God is going to go outside of that box. Like he got that, yeah. that we serve good. a God that's like so much bigger than what we have chalked him up to be or how, where he's supposed to fit. Yeah. But nonetheless, like he, he trusted him. Yeah. And I love, um, I love Habakkuk. You know, he spends yeah. a whole chapter complaining about these people. How could you? And, the, and like yelling at God, like, yeah. how dare, you know? And then the second chapter, he says, now I'm going to sit myself on the rampart and wait to see what God said says when he corrects me. So he's, <laughs> yeah. he knows that he's just spouting. Right. Isn't that relationship? To, that's totally. relationship to the T. Again. I, I'm going to air my grievances. I'm going to air my grievances. I may be wrong about it. <laughs> Okay. To the God of the universe <laughs> who can destroy me. But you are going to hear about but it. You're you know? going to hear about it again, yeah. pre-cross. Totally. Under the law, but understanding that God is good. Understanding that that's the best place to go with my grievances. Absolutely. And also that the correction will bear life. In yes. Us. Yes. Um, I think that's the thing is we always think about correction as like condemnation. Yes. But Christ's correction is always lifting us up. It's always life-giving. He's always speaking into us and give, and making us yes. more through yes. it. Um, and I, I love uh, Job. Be, I love Job so much because, uh, man, well, if there isn't a person who like just had it handed to him, yeah. you, would think, you would think he had every right in the world to go to God and air the grievances that he did. Yeah. But what's so fantastic is when God replies to him, and shows him creation. Like, mm. where were you, Job, mm. when all of this happened? Yeah. And when I made, you know, when I told the water to come this far and no more, where the heck were you? Yeah. We're going to put you in your place. Yeah. And I'm sure that that it actually, um, I th- I'm sure that gave Job like a foundation, yeah. um, boundaries, and a yes. safe place to know that this God yes. is the God yeah. who can like whip out the universe the like yeah. that, you know, and um, boy, we just forget. We forget that stuff, and we need to remember it because it's our it's our safe place. It's kind of like when you hear, like, um, as a parent, uh, my husband's much better at this than I am, but he's always listening to like parenting podcasts and the good the good parenting advice. People always say. When your children are going nuts, they're just looking for a boundary. Yeah, they're looking for a boundary, so you need to give it to them so that they yeah. can feel. Safe. safe. Yeah. That is what it's about. Yeah. Because we need to feel safe and yeah. God is all about that. Well, and boundaries give freedom. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there's that, I don't remember what it is, but there's some study where they had kids on a playground and they took away the fence and they stayed closer to the building. Oh, sweet thing. But once yeah. they put the fence up, they ran all the way to the edge and like could play through the whole, whole field. And that's, wow, that's you know, good, huge, huge. So, um, thank you, thank you for being here. Appreciate you. I appreciate your your honesty and your wisdom, and just your willingness to share your journey. I love it, and yeah. um, I'm excited for the things that God has for you because He has a lot. Thanks, friend. Yeah. Well, thanks, friend. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. This is this is enjoyable conversation. <laughs> we should do it again we sometime, should. you know? All right. So before we rush off, 
I want to take a moment and allow you this space to do business with the Lord if you need to. Did this conversation elicit anything in you? Maybe you could relate to Rihanna's story. Maybe you found yourself getting offended and trying to defend something, or maybe you just feel convicted. First of all, I want to remind you that conviction is not condemnation. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to, like the end of Psalm 139, to say, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. And see if there's any wicked way in me. That word wicked is a strange word that feels harsh, but that translated means idle. Lord, see if there's any idol, anything that I've allowed to be placed on an altar in my heart that you rightfully belong. So I want to invite you to come into his presence and to surrender the things that you need to let go of. Turn away from the things that he's showing you right now. That's his still small voice. So, Father God, we come before you, Lord, and in Jesus' name, we just repent and we say we're sorry. Lord, would you forgive us? Would you forgive me for allowing things other than you to be on the throne of my life? Lord, we repent and renounce from and just list the things, tell them what they are. Lord, would you cleanse us afresh with your spirit? Would you fill us with your presence? Lord, would you replace the lies and the things that were not of you with the truth. And Lord, would you be honored and glorified in our life? Lord Jesus, I just bless every person that has prayed that prayer. God, would you meet them? Would you answer that prayer? In Jesus' name, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come on your sons and daughter from the tip of their heads to the bottom of their feet. I just command all darkness to go. And Lord, would you bring revival in the hearts of your kids? 
would they experience your tangible presence, Lord? Would you give them a hunger for your word and a love for your people? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. I hope that you were encouraged by this episode and that you're just encouraged by the Sacred Space podcast in general. And if you are, would you please rate and review us in iTunes? It'll just take a minute. And then would you share us with your friends? Share us on social media. Add us to your Instagram story on Facebook. Spread the word and let people know about the Sacred Space just so more people can be encouraged by what God's doing. If you'd like to support the production of the Sacred Space podcast and other things by Stockton Ministries, including the Dwell Project, we just finished tracking our first official Dwell EP, so there will be a Dwell recording project coming out in the next few months that will have six Dwells on them. You can purchase them on iTunes. In addition, we're creating a Dwell prayer journal so that you can encounter God's presence and then come back to those meditations periodically and with an altar of remembrance and just see how God speaks, that He's not stagnant, that He's always speaking and He's speaking deeply to the things uh, in you that He's made, that He's speaking to you and the things that He's purposing in your life. So, so excited about all of that. I'm going off, but I just wanted to say, wanted to share that with you. So if you want to help support the production of those projects, please consider giving a tax-deductible donation to Stockton Ministries. There's a link in the episode notes, or you can go to my website, GinaStockton.com, and click the donate button in the top right-hand corner. And I also want to encourage you to consider being a recurring monthly donor anything helps, even a small amount to help maintain uh, the production of this and, and all of the costs that are involved with creating content for you to encounter Jesus and to grow in your healthy spirituality. Well, I love y'all. Have an amazing week. Know that God is present with you right here, right now, in the middle of all of it in the middle of the hard things, in the middle of the good things. Trust me, I know. (laughs) I've experienced it all. So go with him. Have hope. Be encouraged. And send us an email. Let us know how God's meeting you. Take care. See you next time.